there and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published. And I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between the highs, the lows, and the fuck me, this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way, this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. To episode 35 of Unleash Your Creative Magic. I'm your host, Helen Pfeiffer, and I'm here to talk to you about life as a writer. So how is your writing going? I ask this every week. I really hope you're going somewhere and I hope that the words are flowing for you. So I'm going to give you a bit of a catch up. I met my deadline last week with 90 minutes to spare, but I still made it. Then would you believe it? Four days later, the first round of structural edits came back and they're not as painful as I'd expected. So bonus time for me. The problem is I have the next book in the Morgan Brooks series to write and I literally have no idea what this one is going to be about. Now, I did send Emily the roughest of ideas when we were talking about my new contract, but truthfully, I don't know if this idea will make it to become an entire book. So why do I do this to myself? Answers on a postcard, please. I seem to have had a flurry of ideas for projects that aren't related to my writing at all. Well, they are in a way, but they're definitely not related to my Morgan Brooks series and they're stealing a lot of my time away. But you know, once you get an idea in your head and you just can't let it go, hmm, that seems to be me right now. For years, I've had this dream about running a writing workshop and I mean years and I'm not a teacher and I'm not trained But what I do have is a wealth of experience about writing books, which is also the reason I record these podcast episodes. I want to help as many people reach their goals of writing a book. And this is another way I can do this. So with a lot of help from my lovely coach, Gabby, who has pushed me to finally do something about it, I have been seriously looking into the logistics of running one. I found the perfect venue, I've set a date and I've even spent a couple of hours writing out the workshop so I would know what I was talking about. I have a marketing plan and I've even had a healing session with the lovely Joanne Ripley to try and clear the blocks and fears I have around public speaking and wow, that was just mind blowing to say the least. I've read the books about hosting a workshop and I've listened to podcasts about public speaking. And if you're in the same boat as me and you're not very confident, Viv Groskop has a great podcast and a book out there. So literally, I have no excuse not to run this workshop now. Even if I only do one and I hate it, at least I've tried and I'll have, I'll have ticked that off my box. And what am I always banging on about? You should face your fears and do it anyway. So fingers crossed people will want to attend and that it's an enjoyable experience for the both of us. And if by any chance you're interested in attending a workshop held by me, then head over to my website for more details and I'll pop some links in the show notes for you. So what else has been keeping me busy? Ah, I've been having a good long hard think about this podcast. Now I've always intended to interview other writers on here, but up to now have A, not had a clue how to go about this, B, not had the time to research how to do it because I'm always so busy writing and then recording when I can, and C, 
I've literally been terrified to try it, but I have done some research and I feel like I'm ready to give it a go. I also have a very long list of author friends who I'm hoping will let me interview them so that we can share their journeys from their initial ideas to publication with you and inspire you to keep on writing your book. And also so it's not just me banging on about writing. So now I just need to pluck up the courage and start asking them if they're willing to participate. I'm really looking forward to hearing about other writers' journeys for me and it's inspiring for me as well. And I think we all need that much inspiration in our lives. It just helps you to focus on your goals. So I have my list of questions prepared too. Go me, I've been so busy this week and I'm kind of wondering if I'm actually taking procrastinating to the next level with both of these quite ambitious projects. So what else is going on? Oh yeah, in-depth research for my witch trilogy that I want to start writing. And this week I'm attending a post-mortem live event in Blackpool, which is going to be absolutely fascinating and excellent research for my stories. Did I mention that a couple of years ago, I thought it would be a great idea to write a series of books about a forensic pathologist? Let me tell you, that was the most ambitious thing I think I've done to date with my writing because I have no knowledge of forensic pathology. I don't know any forensic pathologists. And lastly, I'm definitely not Patricia Cornwall. (laughs) Unfortunately, don't get me wrong. I love the characters and I also thought that the books were pretty good, to be fair, especially with the amount of painstaking research it took me to be able to describe a full postmortem. It's really unbelievable what you can find on a Google search. And I found copies of American Autopsy Reports, which proved invaluable, as sad as it was. In fact, I was kind of conflicted that this information about so many high profile cases was out there ready for anyone to read. There are just some things that I think shouldn't be public knowledge, yet it was the perfect material for me as a writer. Anyway, I only wrote two books in that series before my editor asked if I had anything else I could write because the sales weren't as good as they'd hoped, which I was kind of gutted about, but also elated at the same time. I was gutted because those two books had given me many sleepless nights making sure the cases were as near to actual life as they could be without me being a forensic pathologist. And I worried that a whole host of said pathologists would read the book and then hunt me down for being so presumptuous. Thankfully, they didn't. So here's a bit of excellent advice. Add a disclaimer in your acknowledgements that you are most certainly not a trained pathologist or whatever field it is you've based your characters on and that any mistakes are purely your own. And remember, folks, that this really is a work of fiction and which some readers do tend to forget. I had a reader message me recently after reading one of my books and she was quite upset that I'd called the vehicle they use for their work a different name than what they refer to it as. And obviously I apologised. I would never intentionally upset my readers. But how was I to know this? I don't work in that profession and it's just one of those things. I'm winging it most of the time with my stories. I think we all do. And we hope that readers can gloss over those tiny errors and still enjoy the book. Actually, I wouldn't even call them errors because there are hundreds of names for vehicles. The bonus is it's nice that readers can get so involved with the story and it is lovely to hear from them. Which leads me on to how much research does your story need to make it plausible? I've touched on this in a previous episode, but I thought I'd talk about it again in a little more in depth. So where do you look if you need to know more than what you can find? I suppose it all depends on what genre your story is and what your character's profession is. 
Crime books are much darker than romance, although I'm sure there are plenty of police officers who are main characters in romance books. It depends on how deep you want to go. If your story is a love story about a police officer, then you're not going to need the same level of research if that story was about an entire police investigation into a murder. Because their job will only probably be mentioned in the passing and it won't be a detailed look at how they spent their 10 hour shift trying to find the clues to solve a murder. So even if you have no knowledge of what a police officer does on a 10 hour shift, you can still wing it thanks to all the documentaries and television programmes. Google searches are amazing. You wouldn't need to go to the same extreme level of research that I did and apply to become a police community spot officer with the local police force. And I never expected to get that, but I did. And then was there for 15 years. That, my friends, is extreme research. And yes, it's been invaluable to me for my stories, but uh, I don't recommend it. I could just have reached out to someone in the police and asked them to share with me how their days are spent. And this is something you can do. So how could you find out and go to that extra level of research if you are writing a crime story and have no idea how things work, and like I did, have no contacts in the police? I would suggest that you find out who your local police officer PCSO is, and you can do this through your local constabulary website. Then they should have a way to contact them through the website. You could always send them a message or an email and explain that you are writing a book, and could they spare you a little time to have a chat? Now, I'm not saying that they will because I know myself from experience that staffing numbers are really low and they are probably well overworked. So it might be difficult for them to spare the time. But even an email might just give you the kind of answers you're looking for. You really will be surprised how eager people are to talk about their roles and jobs. And it's probably not a request many people get. So it's definitely worth a try. You could do this for all sorts of professions as well. And then there's good old Facebook. I know lots of writers who will post on their page. Does anybody know anyone who's a divorce lawyer, an ethetist, farmer, mountain rescue volunteer, midwife, the list is endless, who could answer a few research questions? Now, this really is a great way to find someone to talk to through a friend of a friend of a friend. And you can guarantee that somebody will know someone in the profession that you need some answers to. Google probably can tell you a lot of what you need to know, but just be careful because not everything you read on there is true. Don't take it as um, the truth. Try and take the information from trusted sites and not some random blog that no one has heard of. Unless, of course, you're writing a blog, a blog, not blog, a blog about divorce. And this blog is written by a divorce lawyer. So then you could take that information, obviously. If you really want full-on in-depth research, there are a whole host of workshops and courses that cover all sorts of topics if you search for them. Now, back in the day when I was researching, all I had was the library, which was amazing because I love it, but it just didn't have the kind of specialist information I was looking for. And I remember, gosh, this is going back, writing to a forensic scientist called Malcolm, and he was so lovely and very helpful. I think he was based at Charlie Forensic Science Services. I wonder if he ever knew that I did get that book finished and published. I think I need to try and trace him actually to thank him properly. I'm going to add that to my list to do this week. You can read articles online about the topic you're researching. It's very helpful to write yourself a list of questions that you need the answers to and to try searching for them. But as always, be wary that you don't get sucked into the deep abyss of search engines. Make notes about the answers you've found and keep them all in one document or a notebook. 
If you're searching locations and you're unable to travel to them because lack of funds, bloody COVID regulations, or it's just impossible because you're demanding life, then Google Maps is your new best friend. It's amazing for nailing down geographic research. I wrote a book set in my all-time favourite city, New York. And so what I was lucky enough to do was finally go on the trip of a lifetime to visit. And while I was there, I picked up maps everywhere. I made notes of all the areas that I fell in love with. Or for the good old days when you could pack a suitcase and disappear. I've also set most of my books in the Lake District. And I only live about a 20 minute drive from there. So it's the perfect excuse for me to head off for a morning or an afternoon exploring the area I want to write about. You can photograph it and make notes. But don't forget to soak up the atmosphere of the place while you're there. If you're sitting by the shore of Lake Windermere, you want to take in the sights, the different kinds of activities that take place on the lake. You'll be amazed. There's a gorgeous little cove I like to go to for a picnic when the weather is much better than it is now. And whilst I've been there, I've watched a group of women late on a summer's evening get ready to go out together for a swim. And I'm not going to lie, I would have loved to have joined them. There are lots of people who go out on paddle boards, canoes, yachts, dinghies, people paddling with their dogs and kids. There's the steamers and boats going up and down the lake. The calming sound of the water as it's lapping against the edges of the shore and the way the sun sets over the dark hues of green trees covering the fells. These are the things that take your research next level. And by adding it to your story, you're giving your reader the feeling of actually being there with your characters and a lot more depth. Podcasts are also brilliant research tools. There's a wealth of information out there to be had on your topic. All you need to do is type it in your platform of choices search bar. And unless it's far too random, I bet something will pop up. I can't get enough of them. In fact, I love them so much I was even inspired to start this one. So I'm going to wrap it up for this week and hope that this has somehow inspired you that research can be fun and vitally important to give your novel that extra depth but not that important that if you do get something wrong, you beat yourself up over it. Because at the end of the day, what you're writing is a story. It's fiction. And if you do get something a little bit off, blame it on your characters. Thanks for listening. Have an amazing week and get writing. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group. I'll paste the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode, where I'll dive into the process of how I wrote my first book. Until next time, take care.